Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, the man who still tunes into Raw to see what Dolph Ziggler's up to, <laughs> Chris Miggs. Yes, yes, I'm I'm uh I'm back. Um I've returned uh from my sojourn uh to Mexico. Um I didn't see I didn't see any wrestling. I was there for a music festival um in a, a beautiful place called Toto Santos. Uh it was 80 degrees every day. Um I ate the most wonderful tacos and other food. They, there's a lot of wonderful food in Toto Santos. Um uh went to the to the beach, walked in a bay where I could like was like it was so still I could like walk into like the basically it felt like the middle of the ocean. It was beautiful and the music was wonderful, great friends. Um so I got to tell you I'm I'm feeling good. How are you feeling, Garrett? I spent the last five days laying tile and grout in uh my kitchen and, and dining room and um my body feels beat to shit um i don't feel like i've relaxed i didn't mm. get a single fruity drink did you get a, get to have a fruity drink i had a couple of fairly yeah i mostly drank like margaritas yeah. um but i had a couple of real i had a, a, a very fruity uh mezcalita that was mm. really delightful uh highly recommended um Make yourself, if you're just at home listening to this show um, and you're relaxing, make yourself, and you've got some mezcal and some fresh fruit, I recommend making yourself a mezcalita for this. Even if you're not listening at home, maybe you're at work and maybe your boss is uh, not very attentive. Maybe he is tucked away in a corner. Pull it out of the bottom drawer of your desk. We know you have it there. You're like my my uh, sophomore year English teacher. <laughs> I'm saying sophomore high school, by the way, not college. Everybody knew he had a bottle of wild turkey in that bottom drawer. He had a problem. <laughs> um, I will say I didn't, again, this was not sort of as, as a, not a wrestling trip, but I did obviously go through, there's some shops in town and I did find something that was incredibly weird. So they had some wrestling, they had some lucha masks, right? That makes sense. Um, including, interestingly, they had a couple of Spider-Man ones, which Maddie really liked. We didn't, we didn't get him, but, um, but nor and but like other no normal stuff, right? Ray, Ray Jr., Pentagon, all the the normal people you'd find mass of. But they had this stack of these little wrestling rings with like luchador figures, and I was looking at those, and and one of them had like pictures of Ray Mysterio on the ring, and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And just out of curiosity, I lifted up that first one. And I looked at the one below it, and on the ring mat was a picture of Randy Orton. Kind of weird, right? I mean, but you know, it's a bootlegs, right? Maybe they're just they're trying to get the WWE time. But below that was a picture of a Lamborghini, and it just said Lamborghini. <laughs> Has Randy Orton ever? Now, I look. There's a lot of years of WWE that I missed. Has Randy Orton ever been associated in any way with Lamborghinis or just cars in general? Has there ever been like a car angle with Randy Orton that I don't know about? I'm sure. I mean, he probably owns one, maybe <laughs> sure. two. He's um, probably pooped in one. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely a. I returned the rental car. I took a poop in the the where the spare tire goes. <laughs> They're never gonna find it. Look has maybe maybe that's it's a sort of very insider thing because he took a shit 
in Paige's Lamborghini a long time ago. <laughs> and <laughs> slash Soraya. And it's just a thing. It's the insiders know about this. It's very <laughs> this is the this is this is where the most deep cut insider stuff um goes is the Mexican bootleg shops. You sent me a picture of that and I was almost in tears. It looked like you know, sometimes you'll see a meme that's just like uh, a, a sky background with clouds, Hannah Montana, Minute Bowl, and then it just says, it takes two, or whatever. <laughs> like, it, lo- it looked like that. Like, it was just, and I hope to God that WWE Mexico, like, they're just like, no, this is licensed. The people <laughs> like it. This is this is a, a proper team up. And then didn't it come with like a couple little plastic monster figures or something? Yeah, there's a couple little figures in there. But again, they're they're just generic luchador figures. They're not in any way WWE figures or even attempts at being WWE figures as far as I can tell. I'll put the picture on our Instagram when this when this uh, episode goes up in case anyone wants to take a look. Or if anyone wants is going to Mexico soon and wants to try to hunt this down for themselves. I I didn't purchase it. I <laughs> I Do you felt kind like, of regret it though. No, and here's why. <laughs> <laughs> you could have haggled. It was just so deeply. I mean, my bags were pretty full. It was like it was either that or like a beautiful piece of art, and I felt like the beautiful piece of art was more valuable to me than a gag and it's it isn't a gag it is also a beautiful piece of art it is just a subjective art form and you i didn't even see the beautiful piece of art you got but unless it has randy orton and a lamborghini you chose wrong my friend um it's a hand screen printed uh print with um two luchadors like mass luchadors in suits is that real Yes, that's you... a real. I no, I will. I'll. I'll send you that. That's a real thing. Okay. Okay, that's pretty good. But yes. I'm saying this thing looked small. It stuff it in in Maddie's bag. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Mexico, um, you might have heard me crack open something. I see you got a spinny. I got a mm-hmm. Lacroix. Uh, this is a little taste of Mexico right here. Uh, this is. Um, a coconut Lacroix. If you want to drink something that tastes exactly like sunscreen smells, this Ooh. is the this is the uh, seltzer water for you. Uh, that sounds disgusting. I uh, it's an acquired I've, taste. I've honestly, I, I, I feel like sunscreen's gotten better as I've gotten older. It's gotten less sort of smelly and and gross feeling. When I was a kid, I feel like I got sunburned sometimes just because I didn't like sunscreen. I was like, this is gross. I'd rather get sunburned. <laughs> And that was, man, yeah, you're, you're a sick bastard. Do you know that? Like, you're like, I kind of liked the way it felt. And I like to uh, see how big of chunks of my skin I could peel off in one, one go as I sat in class. Your co-host last week wrestled a man that got stabbed. (laughs) (laughs) There's pictures of him bleeding with you in a bar and you're, I'm the sick bastard. You know, I can't argue that i'm wrong here which is a great transition into if uh, you listen to last week's episode you know uh hardway heater came back to promote their bar show and uh the kobk sold out to at the cobra in nashville tennessee which, great venue name just what just the cobra it sounds like something dangerous is going to happen there and from 
most of the people I invited, they were like, there is, and that's why I am not coming with you. <laughs> most people were like, I don't want my car to get broken into. And I was Ooh. like, well, I am going to take that risk and go see my buddy bleed on a bar floor. Uh, dude, I had, so I just mentioned, you know, I, my weekend was, was, uh, pretty strenuous. It was, it was a little difficult. I'll tell you Saturday night when that show rolled around, I had been up since 7am on my hands and knees doing dial shit. And I did not want to go. I'm going to be perfectly frank with you. It was like, I was trying to figure out at a certain point, like, how can I not go to this? Because I just want to be on the couch. And I reluctantly drug myself to it. And I had so much fun. You drug, you dragged yourself or you drugged yourself? Drugged myself. I uh, took Rufalin. And uh, <laughs> I, do, I don't remember most of it. I do like the way you tell that story, though, because it sounds it sounds like a story from like what Bill Watts would be telling about some house he drew in the 70s. Like, OK, everyone knew everyone, ev- all the roofers, they got they got done grouting the tiles on the roofs. That doesn't make sense, but that's OK. And they came out and they all showed up. They all showed up to uh, to the Superdome and they and they all got they all drank our beer and they threw rocks at Butch Reed. And, you know, <laughs> actually, this, I feel like this is sounding more like a Jim Cornette story, like Cornette would tell it like this was back when things were real because the roofers, they would bring their tools. And they would they would try to hit me with them. And I that's I why I brought the tennis racket. batteries away with my tennis racket. <laughs> that was much better. There you go. Um, but okay. So you, you, you drag yourself out, um, drug, you, you drug yourself out, you drug LSD, out. uh, ecstasy, you know, all of them. You show um, up at the Cobra. Now here's one, something I'm interested in at a no ring show. How does the show start? So let's see. I mean, it's just, it's kind of, it's normally, um, there's a, the Cobra is a couple rooms. There's like the main bar and then there's a side room where they have uh, bands play now and then. So there is like an elevated stage, but it's kind of a, a longer room. Um, Moe's their KOBK's personal commentator came out and started introducing the show and he brought up. Um... So someone was like shows starting. Yeah, and I'll give them this as well. They said doors were at 7, show was at 8. They started at 8 o'clock. Like, I was so ready for punk rock time. We're like, maybe this gets going around 9. No, they got him up at a microphone at 8 o'clock talking to us. It was great. And he brought... I feel like real punk rock, you go 7.59, and you just go, show's starting, and then people just start punching. (laughs) <laughs> you stick you just stick two of the, the the first match in the crowd and just people don't know people aren't noticing they're like huh those guys look those guys look like they might be wrestlers and then just someone just like throws a punch show show gets going it didn't not start that way okay. i mean a, a little bit the which also heads up the show will be up on iwtv um from what i was told like within a couple days of it happening so anytime right. now it should be up um be up moses up talking and uh adam priest comes out to interrupt which i believe in kobk like he's is, he is kind of a, a heel 
to them. Like he came out talking shit. It was, he had his, uh, he had his jeans tucked into boots and he had on a pretty nice sweater. Somebody shouted. He looked like a Sears catalog. He was modeling a Sears catalog. And he called out anyone. And on the stage was Brett Eisen, who is technically retired. So he is not in gear. And uh, Adam Priest, after shit talking, says, I'll call out anybody, anybody in the back that wants to come out. KOBK circle up to talk. And in that time, Brett Eisen has removed his shirt and put on <laughs> like elbow pads. So he it goes up and taps Adam Priest on the shoulder, immediately punches him in the face, and they're now in the middle of the crowd fighting. So it it was a very quick, like, mm. you know, it, it kind of did start as like, it is time. Now it's happening. And uh, I don't, man, I have you been to a No Ring Bar show? I have not. It really is a good time. I mean, this is only my second one, but there is something about the constant threat of danger to your person. Where you were truly like, you're running around the place trying to avoid getting hit while also trying to see. I left that night with blood on my pants <laughs> and I don't know whose it was. Ooh. Probably Heater's. Because, fuck, Heater and Hoodfoot, they, they bled all over that place. And after their match, there was an intermission there were three matches and then an intermission. And I thought the intermission was going to be to like mop up the pools of blood in the common spaces of this bar. <laughs> uh, that remained there the rest of the night. The intermission was just an intermission. <laughs> now, Garrett, between you and me, mm -hmm. no one else needs to hear this except everyone who's listening to the podcast. Yeah. You just said you, you think it's heater's blood on, on you. Yeah. Is that is that just what you, you told your wife because you, you don't want to tell her it was Sawyer Rex blood? She she had not come out yet, so I unless she had bled a little before the show started, I can confirm it was not hers. And most of her blood came out of her ear. And I think like ear blood isn't as scary to get on you as uh rest of the body blood for some reason. That sounds very plausible, Garrett. I like that story <laughs> for you. <laughs> I'll talk about Sawyer Wreck in a minute, but I do want to. Heater and Hoodfoot started their match by dumping a trash can of gusset plates all over the floor. And then had, um, it wasn't like, you know, just regular death match where everybody just starts grossing each other up. They kind of did the old school, you know, no ring barbed wire thing where the story is I don't want to land on those and fought over them. And it was a, who's going to land on it first kind of thing, but I'll be goddamned if uh Hoodfoot didn't pick up two of them, smash one into the back of heaters, bald head and one into the front of his head. Eventually they ended up in seats side by side, giving each other chops to the chest with gusset plates. Ow. Yeah. Yuck. Yuck. Um, it was, they they gushed. That was the bloodiest I'd seen Heater in a match, and I think it was fitting that he did it in his hometown bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, how did and see? It's we need Heater here because now I'm like because normally I would imagine, you know, Heater's at a show somewhere outside of Nashville, right? So he gets bloodied up, but then like 
by the time he gets home, right, he's probably cleaned himself up, right? He hasn't been, you know, um, I, I got to feel like it's probably different for his wife when he's just sort of showing up like fresh blood and gusset plate cuts. And he's just like, hey, sweetheart, <laughs> I'm going to go to bed now. <laughs> I was standing next to his wife. In any show that his wife is at, she is 100% the loudest person in the room as far as yelling shit at the wrestlers goes. And when you put this show on, on IWTV, you will 100% pick out her voice. She is, she does a great job. All right. But after intermission, Sawyer wreck, Billy Starks. Up to this point, I have not seen Sawyer wreck in person in this bar. Trust me. I looked, I was trying to find her. She wasn't there. Uh, she comes out first. And then Billy comes out uh, with a big bunny head on, and I believe a steel chair that says KOBK on it. Their match ended up only lasting, like, I would guess three to four minutes. Okay. It was very quick, but honestly, it got the point across pretty quickly. Uh, When I saw light tubes on the stage, I was like, oh, shit, we are doing light tubes in this much of an enclosed space with people very close by. But, uh... Sawyer picked up the light tubes. Billy kicked him straight into her face, which is where her ear got cut open. But um, Sawyer ended up going over, choke slamming Billy Starks off the stage through a door onto the concrete. Nice. That sounds like a spot I want to see. And I did see that right before we started recording, GCW just announced uh, Sawyer Wreck versus Billy Starks for next weekend or this weekend, actually. Oh, interesting. Huntsville, Alabama. So all the Billy Starks uh, story wreck matches are going to happen in the South. It's a, it's a specific thing. They're running They're the South. They're never going to wrestle North of the Mason Dixon line. I'm one. I'm curious to see that if, if GCW didn't get to him, it was like, you can do this, but you got to save 15 minutes, 10 minutes for GCW. Um, I man, the, I really Here's the other did thing have, that basically it sounds from what you said which is that Billy Stark's much better at defending against light tubes than Matt Tremont. <laughs> yes. Yes. She didn't put up with any shit with those light tubes. She was not going to take them. She is 18 years old. You just yeah. fucking kick them into the other person's face. Be done with it. Matt Tremont had 200 chances <laughs> to try to duck a fucking light tube from, from Sawyer Wreck. Billy Starks is like, I'm not can duck the first one. <laughs> <laughs> smart guys didn't get her the win but you got to give her credit in that regard the uh the main event of this show though was sean campbell which is the newest member of kobk who had if you listen to last week's episode heater kind of explained the story of this man and how he had been put through challenges and have you seen the bloodbath behemoth tank i uh, have not a, he's a Great southern southern deathmatch legend and he comes out with this guy named the Rev, who is basically he's in a cloak, and his face is painted up like he's in a like a a deathcore band. <laughs> he's got like the upside down crosses, and he talks like this, but he's like a an evil priest kind of thing. Hmm. Best thing throughout that match, he was just on the sidelines being like, "Get him, Tank! Oh no, what's happening now?" But that wasn't for the camera no one could hear that <laughs> so there's just this like insane person next to me cheering on this enormous southern man who is 
like at one point pulled out a fucking scythe and cut up this dude's arm. It's not, he sounds like a weird like cross between Destro and Dewey Donovan. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate at all. You that's what my mind is going to. You might not be wrong there. But yeah, Sean Campbell uh, picked up the win and everybody hugged. So then they set up for the next show. Either way, this show, if they had taken out the intermission, was 90 minutes. Do you know how perfect of a runtime that is for a wrestling, especially a sleepy one? Yeah. Like, I was home by 1030 and, like, in bed. You cannot beat that. Like, Especially when you gotta go grout the next day. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Cornette said. That's what Bill Watts knew. You gotta let the grouters out so they can get to work the next day, so they can make the money to show up again next week. To try to kill Jim Cornette again. You can't it's wear important. out the grouters. Can't wear them out. It's part of the promotional mindset, right? These indie promoters, <laughs> they've got all these soft, you know, coders coming to their shows. It's not the same. They can, they think they can go four and a half hours. The coders are still tired. It's no good for them. But they just don't understand. Watts understood the audience, you know. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I did. Um, I did finally meet Sawyer Wreck. Um, it didn't feel cool. I didn't feel cool, Chris. Why didn't you feel cool? You were um, wearing a sweet Sawyer Wreck shirt, I believe, from Twenty Eight Hundred Studio. Shout out to the those fine fellows. It's true. It's true. I was because um, I remember last week I wanted it was going to be like you're on my shirt, and that basically is what happened. Uh, she didn't come out after. And Heater went into the locker room. He's like, Do you, would you like to meet her? Real bro move to, to bring me my favorite wrestler of 2022. And uh, yes, she is very tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just like on the TV, Chris. <laughs> just like on the TV. And basically all I could get out is, you're so cool. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> like, you know, running my foot sideways like a bashful schoolboy. And then basically it was me being bashful her being bashful there was a a, just i was just like i like you you're cool you're you're the coolest everything you do is the best what'd she say what what did she say that that um she did the this emoji what does that that mean i don't know what those carrots holding up two l's or something backward like like it looks like he's making like a like like we're playing paper football and he's making the goalposts. Well, no, that would be like this. This would be like if the long parts of the L's were touching, the two okay. fingers touching each other, two finger guns pointed at each other. That's I think amazing it's like content. A G, I think it's more of a G G shucks situation. Okay. And and then she looked at Garrett and said, "See, I or, when I say Garrett, I mean Heater. I'm sorry. Uh, it was like, see, I'm getting better at taking compliments, and that Aww. was about." That was, and then we got a picture, and I moved on. Um, I was well. First of all, that's a that's so sweet, um, and that is the sort of the vibe I get that she's even when I again when when I met her at Art of War Games and was like, hey, our friend, like you know, can't make it, and he's a big fan. She was she again just so like, oh, thank you. And like, take, she should take compliments. She's great. She's gonna have to get much better at that uh, over the course of her career because she's very good at this, and there's gonna be a lot more compliments coming. I would assume. I think so. I think that uh, we are just at the beginning of Sawyer Wreck. I could see her. 
I mean, it's funny because like, I think she's a very, I think she's a very entertaining wrestler. She is like very different from the other female wrestlers, like just in her style and also like height. Right. And, um, it's just funny that like death matches her, her game. And that by the time she would get to a major, she's going to have like just cuts all over her body. It's going to give her a unique look for sure. Um, hopefully for her, Vince doesn't buy WWE because that's one less place she'd be able to go if she has any guts on her. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. And then uh, Billy Starks. I'll be honest. I was too uncomfortable to... I did go meet her. Uh, I She was behind, behind and I, I just said, hey. Um, I did not ask for a photograph, though. I was a little too uncomfortable. Um, She's a lot younger than us, Garrett. Too young, and she was wearing um, a sports bra, and I was like, if in my mind, I was like, if she was wearing a shirt, I would feel more comfortable being twice her over twice her age. <laughs> Asking for a photograph. We've talked about this. It's like it's one of the weird like lines with like meet and greets with female wrestlers where I, you just I just don't want to be the creep, and it's just like. You don't want to. You don't want to have the Sasha Banks picture where you're like standing six, six feet away because that that looks just looks like a weird photo. But you also don't want to be the guy who's like, hmm, uh, my arm around you, you know. So yeah, I I think you just go for like a fist bump. Hey, um, great, you know, say say good match. Like great. what you do. Excited to see where you're going. See yeah. in WWE probably. See, and here's here's the other thing though. I think that I think I would think a bar show would help, but maybe certainly. <laughs> Billy Starks hopefully shouldn't be having these right now. Um, and I don't know if Sawyer Rec drinks or whatever, but I feel like I, I used to be better at like making friends with like bands, but I, th- I think that's just because we would drink together. Like if I was at a show in a place that was small enough, I'd be like, I'd have had a few drinks and I'd be like, Hey, you want to drink? They'd be like, sure. And then you'd drink with them for a while and afterwards, you're like, ah, we're friends. And next time, you're like, oh, hey, buddy, how's it going? What's up? And then even if if you're sober in the future, you've, like, broken down those barriers of, like, sort of, like, friendship and whatnot by with with the drinking. Um, whereas I feel like it is hard to get across that barrier, again, especially when you're hearing Dreamweaver, I imagine, in your brain the entire time, um, right. without, like, hey, Sawyer, let's do shots of tequila. <laughs> I don't know, like, but also you can't, you can't go, Hey, let's do shots of tequila when Heater's wife is there because again, she will tell your wife. (laughs) Are you saying that she isn't a bro? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying I'd be, I'd be worried about that. Garrett comes home covered in someone's blood and he's been doing shots with his, his crush. I don't. I just don't feel like it sounds good for you, Gary. <laughs> I think a hard part of getting older right now and like having a kid is uh like yeah, I still listen to like new bands. Like in my mind, I'm still like listening to up and coming bands and stuff. And now it's weirder to meet them. Where it's mm. just like, I am too old to be here. I shouldn't even like I should stand in the back, not talk to you. And uh, get the fuck out when this is over and not make eye contact with anyone under over five years younger than me. <laughs> well, that and then this thing too, right? Like you're just by nature, you know, obviously people have age gaps and friendship, but like 
yeah, the odds of you being bros with the, a guy in the band when he's like 23 is lower than it, when you're the same age. I was actually, I was talking to uh, a musician friend of mine at the festivals, uh, Johnny Strikes, if anyone wants to check him out. And he's put, he's put out a couple songs recently and he's like, yeah, I was looking at the uh, the Spotify stats about who's listening to me. And uh, they're all over 45. He's a little, a little, a little older than me, and I'm like, "Oh shoot, I'm the young guy in the crowd for this." He's like, "Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thanks for bringing the average down a little bit." We're hitting an age where we're more likely to be the guy who steals the Backstreet Boys' money than we are a fan <laughs> of the band. <laughs> we're we're friends with tasteful. Like tasteful older musicians who've been around the block a few times. Those are our <laughs> friends. <laughs> oh fuck! So, um, last week we kind of, as we recorded the podcast, we had a situation similar to you and Derek after All Out, where like Heater gets here, and as he texts me that he's on his way, I see Stephanie McMahon had like resigned. And then as he pulled up to the house, I saw Vince McMahon was chairman of the board. And I was just like, haha, who gives a shit? And by the end of the podcast, once it was over, I opened my phone and it's like, they're selling to the Saudis. Like, Holy <laughs> shit. No one's going to care what we just talked about. Um, what the fuck is that? Ha- I, I have not paid any attention. And frankly, I don't, I don't really care, but I am still going to ask like, what is happening? <laughs> You're like, we're going to talk to the business law professor about this. Um, So <laughs> Vince McMahon, let's, let's start at the beginning for people like let's because I, I think it's probably worth doing actually tried to break this down for a second. Um, So obviously, there's a lot of shares of WWE, but not all shares are created equal, right? Vince has a certain class of shares that while he owns, I think it's definitely less than 50 percent. It's somewhere like 20 percent of the like value of WWE. He owns like 80% of the voting shares. So as a result, he can basically name anyone to the board that he wants. He can file, fire, remove the board. And it's one of the most important things if you're doing business type deals is, you know, thinking about, and this is like, literally, it's like in business law textbooks, like thinking about this stuff, because when someone controls the board, they basically control the company at the end of the day, no matter how much you might want this to be different. Um, so Vince used that power and said, Hey, I control the board of directors. Here's who I'm electing to the board of directors, me <laughs> and several other people who will let me do whatever the fuck I want. And so, and, and he got rid of the people who were disagreeing with him. <laughs> whoops. Whoopsie so Daisy, whoopsie Daisy. Um, so if you weren't comfortable with Vince being in charge, maybe you shouldn't have invested in WWE, I guess, but I, you know, that's a longer conversation. Um, so yeah, now he's Stephanie resigned, quote unquote. But come on, she, she was told to leave. She's like, e- either you resign gracefully, or I ungracefully fire you. She got shamed. She got <laughs> like, shamed. That's some shit that would. He's like, I will give you the luxury of saying that you quit. Shane, I would publicly flog. <laughs> <laughs> I would push him off a scaffold <laughs> on television Does and then as the crash hit- pad was as was as he was about to land on the crash pad i would have someone pull the crash pad 
That's what he would do to Shane. Does he also hate Shane's children, or is he like a good grandfather? Does he hate them because they're his seed? I don't think he's. I don't think he's a good grandpa. You don't think that like Christmas morning at the McMahon house is like pretty good? I think Christmas is probably good because I think Vince has a lot of um, history giving gifts to make up for him being a terrible person. I mean, Linda's been with him for a long time. So you got to think he knows he knows how to go do some retail relationship therapy. Um, So, yeah, I bet Christmas is good, but I bet the rest of the year, like Vince isn't taking you to go play mini golf. It it sucks because whoever Shane's wife is, I'm I'm sorry that I don't know this, but her parents are certainly better grandparents. But at the end of the day, the kids like Papa Vince more, uh, unfortunately, because they got six PS5s for Christmas. <laughs> Like, even though grandparents are putting in the work at the zoo, watching them on the weekends, cooking them dinner, Grandpa Vince has, uh, his house is cooler. Yeah, his house is way cooler, and they get stuff um, every time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, well, that's the other other thing, right? So he's basically, he's got all this power, right? And now he's installed himself again as chairman. And allegedly, right, his his stated intention here is to try to figure out if they're going to sell the company and or to redo the the TV rights deals. He's because he, he's the only a he said like, well, I'm the only person who can do it. But also, he basically held everyone up because he said, I won't approve. I'm I have all the voting shares, and I won't approve anything if I'm not involved. So sucks to be you. Um, <laughs> and the other thing that's interesting is that Triple H has had apparently two separate talent meetings one on friday one on monday in which he keeps <laughs> insisting to talent that he's in control still <laughs> which oh i'm my still God. The, and he said apparently and i again it's wrestling media but still i i'm just gonna assume this is a quote because it's too good he's like um look vince is consulting on creative but he's giving me the final say which is like you're having a conversation with a man with a gun and he's giving you the final say. Trips, he's not giving you the final say. He's letting you have the final say if you say things that don't make him want to shoot you. <laughs> That's the scenario here. And who who like who backstage believes Triple H? Like is this a uh like if it no was- one well, if it were storylines, it would be our truth. But if it, but is it like, what the fuck? Like morale has to be so weird and low, and maybe it's not. Maybe Roman Reigns is like, it's okay, guys. I've still got these like two belts. It's all gonna be okay. Cody's Cody's just back there with like just imagining they're talking about the WrestleMania main event. And Triple H is like, I don't think Cody should. I don't think Cody should go over. We remember what he did. And Cody's just back there, like you know that he just did that bit where he would like cup his ear, <laughs> and being in. the elite, and he can hear Vince go, "I don't give a shit. You how you put him over, Trips, or I'll fire you." And he's like, "Shit, Cody, just like fist pumping. It's like, oh, yes, got this." 
And at the end of the day, it was Triple H's decision to do that, though. Oh, yeah. he's <laughs> Triple H She's like, you know what? That's a really good point, Vince. And I think I'm going to agree with you. And then Vince goes, that's why I give you final say, because you're so smart. It's, you're so it's, goddamn smart, Paul. <laughs> is, is Triple H having fun at this job? Like, what is keeping him around? He was. He, oh, he's having a blast. He was having a great time. Honestly, he was having a really good time when everybody was just leaving him alone over at NXT. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, what the fuck? I mean... I... Well, we also have, again, the, the potential buyers, right? Which is kind of... A, like, that's been the other weird thing, right? Because the, the obvious thing that people have talked about for a long time is, like, would one of the TV companies buy it? Most obviously sort of universal because they already own raw and the wwe network and nxt so if they just bought wwe they could fill tons of hours of programming without having to pay rights fees all the time right that kind of just makes rough sense at least right that the conversation was they could put um smackdown on nbc or something well um, isn't uh usa still like just their network yeah exactly usa is like theirs just, yeah Right, so they'd have the second day rights. They could put it up on Peacock the day after. It's apparently one of the only things kind of keeping USA's ratings, primetime ratings, even sort of afloat. So, well, because Suits pres- isn't on anymore, right? I know Suits isn't. You know, they own Suits or Burn Notice. So, they're you know, Meghan Markle's doing much more important stuff now. Well, I think eventually they're probably going to be like, we need a little cash. Can we get a a Suits reunion and? We'll get that eventually. Or they just do a King Harry show. But that's the thing, right? WWE brings back King of the Ring. We teach Harry how to wrestle. He's got to be he's tough. He, he was in the army. So we just teach him how to wrestle. Vince puts like a crowd, a big crowd on him, like Harley race and like a cape. <laughs> and Regal, like he, Is, I was going to say Regal's the manager. Regal the manager. Regal's the manager. And, uh, He's he's out there. He's burning bridges. He's you know, um, he's this. He may be the spare heir, but he's the king of the ring. <laughs> Vince is like, I like him. I like the way he talks about his family. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so yeah, so we've got them, and there's all of the, you know, their their potential one that's kind of interesting. Um, there's also the. You know, they've talked about like Endeavor, um, who owns um, like UFC. They could be a buyer, right? The Saudis have been buying a lot of entertainment properties. I assume that's where the rumor is coming from, right? That what entertainment properties do they own? You're like they actually own the Smurfs, Garrett. <laughs> they own a they own a golf league now. They've been buying all the all the top golfers. They own a English Premier League soccer club. I think there's more stuff too. I just don't. Don't keep that track. But the Saudis are throwing money around. They, they they have a soccer league now. They're paying like Ronaldo like five hundred million dollars or something. That's a sweet gig for him. Well, that's that's one of the things people have talked about, and kind of one of the theoretical interesting things that could happen here is that like if the Saudis like get a hold of this and they're like, we want all the wrestlers, they could just start like giving people millions of dollars, you know. 
we're going to end up with Derek's favorite scenario, which is Bill Goldberg has a title again and is also a billionaire doing so. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because they're not giving a billion dollars to Keith Lee. It's a billion to Goldberg. It's a billion to Goldberg, the guy who's been hosting Forged in Fire, Knife or Death. Um, so we've got that. The other one that's that's kind of interesting is that people have talked about that the Khan family could theoretically be buyers. Um, you'd have to think they'd at least ask about the price and inquire, right? Because it's right that that just kind of makes sense. They're obviously in the wrestling game. You get a chance to buy your biggest competitor. That would make sense. I actually think that we were talking a little bit of over text. I think TK and Vince would weirdly get along. I think, he, first of all, I think he currently loves him more than Shane. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I, he has to. He has, he has to. to. There's no way he it's, doesn't. The only time he was proud of Shane is when Shane left to go do his cell phone thing in Japan or whatever he was doing. Because he left him alone. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> have to talk to him. He actually forgot that he existed until he came home for like Christmas. And just like, oh, God damn it. I thought you were gone. It's just so weird, though, because I feel like the energy, it's like, I think Vince would respect TK because TK has challenged him. That's that's what Vince likes. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, you came right at me. You came for my balls. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I think T- TK does not give off what I think one would call an alpha energy. Are you kidding me? He yells. He stomps. He stomps <laughs> when he yells. <laughs> He gives he gives off kind of like angry toddler energy, because because you just you just you just described my four year old. You get a lot of stopping, a lot of yelling. You give your four year old a bunch of cocaine and billion dollars, and that's what <laughs> happens. That being said, I like you, TK. I have no very he's great. few issues with you. No, he's great. It's just a different kind of energy than Vince, and I've I am just sort of imagining. Vince expecting something different when they get in the room together <laughs> and just being really confused. But then again, much like I was talking about with like drinking bonding, you got to think they bond over stimulants, right? Mm. TK busts out some Adderall. Vince is like, no, no, no. And he puts the cocaine on the table. And then TK puts his nose down and Vince is like, no, no, no. He's like, what do you do it with your nose? <laughs> That's for pores. <laughs> Watch this. We're billionaires. <laughs> I'm also right up the penis hole. Just right up the penis hole. Just to finish the joke for anyone who was missing. <laughs> I also I'm also imagining they start hanging out together and TK just starts getting bigger. I love it. I He's love like, it. Vince Vince wants us to do all the board meetings in the gym now. So now we just meet. And he he shoots me up with something that he calls a calls a protein powder. It's going great. I, I, all these new ways to ingest things. It's protein powder in the butt. I'm told, and um, but I'm I'm getting a lot stronger. I'm also getting a lot of acne, and I'm very angry. Like we. <laughs> We come. TK comes out to introduce the show. He's got the body of Scott Steiner and the the face of just like a comic book dork, like just <laughs> yes. Just, oh my god, he. This is a, the reality show we need. 
Like I, a meeting between these two is fuck. And it does feel, it does feel like, again, I think he would love, I think at the end of the day, he'd love him more than Stephanie. More, um, We really like her though. Or he does, right? He just, he just made her resign. Yeah. Because he respects her. <laughs> no, he doesn't have any respect. Come does on. he? Okay. Rank the 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 McMahon kids including Triple H. Obviously Shane's last. Is Triple H or Stephanie who's uh I think it goes back and forth. I think it's Triple H right now. Cuz um, he still has a job. Cuz he still has a job. And he keeps telling Vince what he wants to hear. He keeps agree he keeps having a final say that somehow lines up with what Vince wants. Um, do you think he has something on Triple H? Oh, for like, sure. Like he knows some, like he has helped Hunter out of a, let's say it, a dead hooker situation. He's done, there is some sort of body buried that Vince knows about. And it's like, a, uh, it's like the TV show succession. Like he, he has definitely covered up some shit and he's like, you're my little whipping boy now. And you have to do what I say. Triple H was with someone who was a very big star in WWE and then was with the boss's daughter. And that person who was a big star left WWE and had a suspiciously strong downward spiral, ultimately ending in her death. I, I think, I think Vince has got some stuff if you wanted to on triple H, but we know I'm, that I'm sure that I'm yeah. Well, no, no. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure the transition between his relationship with China and his relationship with Stephanie was 100% clean. And okay. nothing and and that China ending up leaving WWE had nothing to do with uh, that switch. Just saying, just guessing. Just I then again, allegedly, I'm not again, I don't I don't know any I don't know anything. I'm just saying you want to you want to take a a wild swing at where the the body might be buried with trips. I think that's probably there's got to be some stuff there. That being said, you'd love to go have a meal with him. Sure. We talk about uh we talk about old wrestling, NWA shows, Midnight Express matches. You know, have fun. Be a good time. Um <laughs> I also think here's here's my here's what I'm also interested in cuz I'm feel I'm let's play out the story, right? So Vince meets TK. They work together and he's like I love him more than my real son my fake son and my daughter. And then you got to think at some point Vince and Shad Khan are having dinner. And Vince in like a just a slight moment of introspection. Like they're having they're having some wine, right? And he's and and some steak. And and he's he's had enough wine and it's all swashing around. They finished up the steak and Vince looks at Shad Khan and he's like what did you know about parenting that I didn't? <laughs> He's like, well, I didn't throw my son off, <laughs> like make him kill himself weekly on television for a decade. And Vince is like, good point. Good point. But okay. Anything else? <laughs> um. He's also like, and Shad Khan goes, well, in the mid nineties, I took my son to ECW. You kept taking your kids to new generation shows. Think about it. <laughs> Think about it. 
<laughs> TK was raised on New Jack. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He TK comes from that lineage and he learned how to be tough and stand up to bullies like Vince McMahon by watching New Jack. And Tommy Dreamer, he was like, yeah, like, yeah, I can be tough. Those were his inspirations. They're his probably his inspirations now, deep down inside. If he was really asking himself, what inspired me to go out and like fight the biggest wrestling company in the world? He'd say, I'm just like New Jack. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Vince is like, you, you know, I bought ECW, right? He's like, I do know we quit watching. We ha- we didn't get Sci-Fi Channel in our cable package, so we weren't able to catch it. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like there's an interesting... I mean, that's definitely... Uh, look, I think that one's a very, very big long shot. Um, I just don't see that happening. Um, the interesting thing, we were talking about this in our chat, like, even though Vince controls it, right, it's still a publicly traded company, right? So if he, if someone gets a much bigger offer than someone that Vince wants to buy it, maybe because they would keep him in power. That's the sort of the rumor with the Saudis, right? Is that they'd be like, yeah, whatever, let Vince run it. Who gives a shit? Um, we don't care about, we murdered journalists. We don't really care if Vince has been committing <laughs> sexual assault and covering it up. That would be a, like a nice, clean, easy san- scandal for us. Like, did he, did, has he cut the head off any of those people? No. Are the Saudis super into the storylines? Like what is like what is it that makes them want this? Like I would say that to anyone. Like I would see like if Disney <laughs> were were like we're buying this because like this is for children and this is more content for the Disney Plus app. And this this is just like nothing to us. This is this is the the revenue from like a day at the parks. You know, it's what yeah, what do they want? Like are they hoping that, like, you know, you realize, like, if we buy this, like, we're in charge and we can make Honky Tonk Man come back? Uh, I, I guess maybe we have, like, you know, a Saudi Arabian world champion. That could be meaningful in some way, I guess. I mean, if he's, Saudi if he's, children need need to see their champions, too, I guess. And I'm not opposed to that if he's a good worker. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the fucking time that I'm like, you know what? I, I know that, uh, you know, it's not super cool to be into it, but uh, I, I like the, the product the Saudis are putting on. I think <laughs> it was really the the threat of murder that Vince McMahon needed to get the creative juices flowing. And the storylines are hotter than they've been since the 90s. Yeah, that that Logan Paul Mansour Iron Man match was kind of a low key banger. That's all I'm saying. I promise you that would be a really good match. <laughs> it is it is interesting though because I there is a level where like I and look I haven't given money to WWE in a long time unless you count sort of the piece of my Peacock subscription that would go to them somehow. Um but like it would be a little bit it does seem like it might be an extra line, right? Where you're like Hey, how do do I really want to give money to Saudi Arabia? Is that what I want to do with my entertainment dollars? And you could say, do I want to give it to? I mean, lots of questions you can make, but that one does kind of seem like a bigger line. I don't know. 
Well, remember how angry the internet was with the first Saudi show? And now we're like a dozen Saudi shows in. And uh, it's just like, it's just, it's faded into the background of bad wrestling news. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't care what happens. Like, I'm still watching wrestling I enjoy. For the most sure. part, if anything, if they get purchased, people are going to leave and I'm going to see other wrestlers that I'd rather be watching here and there. Like, I mean, as long as the Miz still has a job over there, that's all I care about. Like, well, that's, I mean, the one downside, the Saudis could theoretically sort of be like, we're going to, we're just buying everyone up. Everyone whose contract comes up, we're signing them, except Sami Zayn. Um, <laughs> but I, I, so it could, that it, there's a, there's a, a version of this where this is very bad for wrestling because they really do become kind of a monopoly in like an, a, a really bad way. Um, I don't know. I, I think TK's got enough money that he would keep going. So I don't, maybe, maybe I, I I'm not that worried about that. Um, there's a lot he of, I feel like there's a lot of like so, so many scenarios for this that I think are kind of, I don't want to play out all of them. I feel like that would be like the, a, a shitty version of fantasy booking. And you don't want to hear us do that. Um, fantasy book the demise of wrestling right. it, i think it's so bizarre though to think like they'll own all the wrestlers where it's just like guess what after you hit a certain level in your career sorry billy starks the saudis own you now put on these pants um <laughs> I, I don't that's not gonna happen like we're still gonna have indie wrestling like the Saudis don't want the death match. Don't let them get a hold of the death match. Don't let the Saudis see Gage. Do not let the Saudis see Gage. There's, there's a movie. There's a movie here in like the GCW show that happens in Saudi Arabia, where like Gage and like Lloyd and Schlack are like fighting their way out of like some like a bad action movie. <laughs> With like pizza cutters and light tubes, just oh my god, this is a movie. Jordan that... Oliver does a spin kick. Honestly, like this sounds like it could be America porn, and Clint Eastwood would gladly direct it. It's like from the director that brought you American Sniper comes, <laughs> starring Jimmy Lloyd of The Good Shepherd. <laughs> It just does. And feel... XPW's Schlack. <laughs> you know, it's um it could it could go somewhere. I'm, that's all I'm saying. I feel like there's there's an opportunity boy. Would would Dilf Boy get to go? So okay. <laughs> so so uh Tag was sending me a bunch of information. Apparently Dilf Boy is a piece of shit. I guess Dilf oh, really? Boy, yeah. So it sounds Dilf like Dilf Boy is not a great guy. Yeah, it sounds like Dilf Boy is like maybe worse than Maga Butcher. <laughs> I guess he's booked a lot of shows and never pays the talent. And a video came out of him trying to get into the back of a car as everybody is screaming at him, trying to get money. And him with a sad face just says, "I'm just trying to get out of here." <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to get screamed at by the people you fucked. <laughs> Like, so it does sound like MAGA Butcher like worked over a guy that was a piece of shit. Um, so I don't think you have to feel so bad for Dilf Boy. 
No, it doesn't sound like we need to feel bad for Dolph Boy at all. I mean, it's one of those things where you have to question, was this the appropriate way to... Now, this is a very Rob Black move, honestly, where you're like... And, and I guess the, the, the weird, like, the, the sort of fun, weird wrestling thing, right, is, is the shit like this, but you're like, huh, I wanted to feel bad for Dilf Boy. I wanted to just be like, these are bad people doing this. And they are, but they're bad people doing bad things, may, maybe des- deservedly bad things to another bad person. And that's that's when wrestling morality just flourishes the most, when you're like... And you're like, I don't know. They got revenge on this shitty guy, so I guess I should like them, but I definitely honestly shouldn't like them. Well, what you don't know is that before that happened, they had a Zoom call with Mark Calloway, you know, wrestling's judge. Mm. And this was this was the law of the land. He he banged the gavel and said, MAGA Butcher gets to fuck you up in front of a crowd of people, and you don't get to do anything about it. You know, that is one, like, underrated thing. Like, why haven't we... I mean, Undertaker, everyone knows he does the wrestler's court thing. He's retired. Why don't we have, like, a wrestler's court show on Peacock? Any channel. Because fucking Steve Harvey has a judge show now. Like, get... uh, get He's like, I don't know, man. (laughs) What do you... What do you... You didn't pay for the fence that you... He built you that fence and you didn't pay him. All right. You get to punch him in the face. It's it's regular problems. It's just like it's still called wrestler's court because he is a wrestler. Right. But um I don't know if he's allowed to use the Undertaker name. So he's still wearing the judge robe. Well, actually he could just wear the the cloak. <laughs> it's a WWE I think this is a WWE production so he gets to be the Undertaker. Um the bailiff is the bailiff is um fucking paul bearer but there's just an urn sitting on the side where he's like what do you think paul and still talks to him as if he's there see here's here's the thing we got to get this going now because when they get bought by the saudis you're going to see a real difference in the show uh because the level of punishments he's allowed to lay down increase dramatically we don't we don't want to know what happens when dave Meltzer goes on wrestler's court (laughs) want this show so bad this is like this is the show that's going to air while you're waiting and you're in the waiting room at the dentist's office (laughs) like you can either look at this old highlights magazine or you can watch undertaker make a lady punch another lady in the face because her dog bit her (laughs) (laughs) i think here's the thing i think you owe a receipt you bite her you get to bite her you give her the old ace steel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> I look, I all I'm saying like I would I would watch it. I would watch it. It's a cheap show to produce. It's going to make everybody happy. You know what? I hope the Saudis do get it cuz I think it's going to be easier to pitch it to them than Vince. Before we go, I did. I watched one other thing that I feel like it is worth mentioning. Uh, I watched a documentary called Untold Crimes and Penalties. I guess there's a whole Untold series. Most of them are about sports on um, 
Netflix. This one was about a minor league hockey team called okay. the Danbury Thra- uh, Trashers. The Trashers. The Trashers. And it's because basically what happens in this story is the, the guy who is the owner of the team. Some people think Tony Soprano was based on him. Okay. He owned a big trash company that ended up, they were like being investigated by the FBI for all sorts of crimes. And uh, his son, I believe, who I uh, his name was AJ, which I think was also Tony Soprano's son's yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he ended up buying his 17-year-old son a minor league hockey team and let him be the GM. <laughs> so I know already this sounds like a Disney Channel movie, but basically this kid at 17 is dressing unironically like John Cena at the beginning of his career. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like very much like the backwards hat, the chains, like he seems like just such a Jersey shore piece of shit. And then it goes back to show us when this, when this guy was a a little kid, I mean, the guy 17 for his, their family was so wealthy and he didn't, he said he didn't really have an understanding of how wealthy his family was until his 10th birthday when his dad basically hired the WWE locker room to come to his birthday party and all of the other kids at the birthday party are like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Like it showed his video of his 10th birthday, triple H China, the rock Billy gun. And for some reason, honky tonk man, were all at his birthday party. This is like attitude era, like height of, so DX is just showing up. They're DX just is just, out. and so he ends up starting this hockey team, but he wants it to be more like pro wrestling, and he wants them to be the heel team. Okay, and so they had this like very like goon heel mentality, and they their top enforcer was a dude who had just gotten out of prison, <laughs> who like while in prison beats up like seven seven guards and it's just like a complete badass and he says he gets a call and everybody's afraid of the owner like he's not an intimidating looking man Mm -hmm. but the way everyone talks about him is like as if he were tony soprano and he gets a call and he goes uh like this is right before the game's very first game starts he's like hello and he looks up to the box and it's like that guy and he's waving he's like the second the puck drops i want you to throw your gloves off and fight someone (laughs) And that just like started the whole thing for the team where like they were the heels of hockey, but uh, it, the story gets fucking crazy, but it's just, can you imagine being 10 and the rock comes to your birthday party at like the height of the attitude era? (laughs) It's pretty crazy. It also does kind of sound like I, as you were telling the story, it did kind of sound like Shad and Tony Khan a little bit, just (laughs) way less evil. (laughs) Well, more evil, more evil in this case. The Chad and Tony are, you know, you know, the, the, Tony's like, I just want to put on the re- wrestling show. Although, to be fair, Tony did just ask some ladies to gig themselves this week. So, did he you know, ask that of them? Well, I don't. Well, I, well, I, I don't know if he asked. I mean, he certainly approved it, right? Um, so, you know, what's some punches in hockey when? Uh, when some ladies can take some power bombs onto the floor. 
Yeah, so oh yeah, did you watch? Did you watch the match? So was it a hardcore tag match or mm-hmm. what was the street fight? Street fight. So it was Ruby and Willow. Ruby and Willow against Anna Jay and Ty Mello. Um, and it's it's you know the the obvious comparison would be to the the tag match about a year ago where Anna and Ty wrestled uh, the Bunny and Penelope. Mm, yeah, they were very much going for that. Uh, <laughs> Ruby and um, Willow came out kind of like um, the Dudleys with like the uh, the like camo pants. But here's here's the other thing, and, and this is where you know they're 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 getting ready to to bleed buckets. Everyone's wearing white shirts. Everyone's ready to pick up some red here and there. That's the um, yeah, it's the it's the tell. You're like, oh, this one's gonna get this is gonna get real. This is gonna get very real very quickly. How um, early into the match did like real violence start happening? Like where thumbtacks or bleeding? Uh, I think Ruby's busted open within a minute. Jesus, it's very I quick. Mean, Ru- Ruby bleeds the most, and she's busted open very early in the match. But of all those people, like she has more of that background, right? Like, I mean, I remember seeing some like brutal matches with her especially like an intergender match between her and sammy callahan where it's just like it gets like uncomfortable to watch because they're like going he's going so hard on her yeah i, I mean again i mean it's interesting because like ty and anna this is now their second time doing this and they clearly it's not what they do regularly but like good on them for like being like yeah we when we have to go have the hardest core match we take it up to you know, 11 on that. Um, and it took a power bomb event? Willow. This was the main event of Rampage. Uh, and it took a power bomb off the, off the stage that was supposed to be through a table, but Willow kind of overshot it a little bit. Oh, and Anna basically lands on the floor, um, which did not look fun. Did not look fun. Um, there's also the Willow gave, I can't remember it was Anna or Tay, but like a, a death Valley driver onto the apron um, that looked pretty rough um they, they they all went very very hard um that's i mean that's fucking cool like yeah when i when i heard about this match it was the first thing in a long like i didn't even tune in to rampage to watch watch mance warner versus uh mox and this is like one of the first matches in a while where i'm just like oh shit like going hard on a friday on a taped was- friday this was a really good episode of Rampage. They also had um, Brody King and Malachi Black against uh, Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. Oh, which cool. was really good. Um, and I think is there a Darby match? I'm forgetting. There was a third match that was also. It was a very. It was a very very strong um, episode of Rampage. And it was a good week for oh, man, Juice Robinson. A... Darby against Juice oh, Robinson. That was a third cool. Week. And yeah, that was. A good dynamite last week too with the uh I guess they I mean I guess they were at the forum too, so they don't go to LA very often. They want to give LA a big show, and it sounds like they did. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I, I was watching uh the the show the next morning, like with like headphones in before everyone had kind of woken up. And uh my wife like looks over at me sitting in chair and <laughs> the the multiple times during the six man main event, um with like the bumps on the ladder, I was just going like, "Oh, oh, oh, <laughs> god damn!" Um, 
Yeah, that was great. I also I really liked uh, Mox and Hangman. I thought that was a really fun, like it really lived up to what I had in mind for that match, which was great. Uh, I also like. I have a theory about this. Right now, obviously, it looks like Moxley's doing an injury angle here, um, which maybe is his opportunity to finally take the vacation that he and most importantly, Renee was promised like almost six months ago now. Um, but I have a theory about this. I believe that that was the plan. That was a, that was a work. But I think Doc Samson was uh, Moxley was not aware that it was work, and Doc Samson is lying to him right now. <laughs> You're really hurt, <laughs> like, buddy. You might never wrestle again. You've got a your whole leg is broken. You can't walk. <laughs> Moxley's just down there. He's like, I thought I was just selling. I guess I'm Doc's telling me I'm really hurt. I guess I have to. It's like we can't clear you for a month. He's like, oh, okay. I thought, man, I thought I was just laying here trying to sell the buckshot, but I, I didn't even know. I, <laughs> they're I'm just, stunned. They're just going to keep giving him fake COVID test results. for. <laughs> He's like, they won't let me do this, but for some reason, Renee says it's okay to go to Tampa. So... <laughs> no, they on, I was on three clearly, planes today. And they're clearly, they clearly, it's, they get a, they get a, a house on the water in Puerto Rico. <laughs> and like just a week in, he finds the Puerto Rican wrestling. And Renee's like, God damn it. <laughs> he, he had never heard of Bruiser Brody up until that point, And he sees him like walking around the crowd, scaring the shit out of people. He's like, wait a minute. I can bleed on the fans. <laughs> Wait, who killed this guy? And I can still go wrestle him? Wait a minute. <laughs> you, Renee, you told me I couldn't kill anybody. I just, I'm just, just Mox just like shows up at a WWE, at a, I guess it's still WWC, I think. I, I, I think there's some other ones down there too. But um, yeah, he's just like, this is amazing. I get to walk through the crowd. Already. He, just, he comes into the match, busted open. <laughs> he gets this he's this guy kicked me in the back he's like hey marty can you marty squirrel is who he's talking to here he's like would you mind blading for me just give me just doesn't even have to be on the hairline just right on the forehead <laughs> this is right there <laughs> fuck eventually Mark and his wife are gonna have to go on wrestler's court yeah. he's like here's the thing jonathan just take this woman on vacation. She's a good woman. <laughs> no, the punishment is like, you're like, okay, Renee, you get to you get to gig him, and she's like, no, that's not a good punishment. He likes that. <laughs> God damn it, Mark! You got to give me something real here. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, I think that's where we we cut it off today. I don't. I don't think we top wrestlers court with, with Mark Calloway shit. I don't know. Does there, do we have anything fun coming up? Uh, do you have any more wrestling shows? I was, I'm trying to figure out there's, you know, there's a couple of wrestling shows in Brooklyn this weekend. I'm trying to figure out that if either of those are going to fit into my uh, plans. The Jersey J cup is coming up. I'm kind of mm. excited for that. I think I'm going to, I think we're going to get to one or maybe two. I'm not, I'm not figure out plans for that. They have announced 
somehow they've announced 20 entrants, which is weird because it's a tournament. And I don't understand what math they're going to do where 20 makes sense. Is there like yeah. a five-way scramble at the end? Does like someone like enter to make it a six-way or something? Or like... That could... It easily could be. Because what it's a two-day event, right? Two shows. One day. There, it's a There's like a okay. two o'clock and an eight o'clock show. And this is uh, JCW doing it on Fight Plus, though. I, I, it's hard to tell if this is technically JCW or GCW. I, I'm lost. The old, the original Jersey J Cup was uh, JCW. That was from 2002. Uh, it's actually, if you go look at it, it's like a who's who of indie wrestling, all of whom are wrestling very short matches because there's 16 of them, which means there's 15 matches on the show. <laughs> And I don't know, GCW's announced some good ones too. We have, um, actually one I'm excited about, February 19th in LA, which this is one that I'm like, fuck, is it time for me to make a little little vacation to LA again to see Nick Gage fight Speedball Mike Bailey for the title? Yeah. That that should be good. Uh, and then this weekend, I'm definitely going to tune in to see Sawyer Wreck and Billy Starks fight each other again in Alabama. See, here's my question. Here's here's something with the J Cup. Could they bring back the first winner who was Reckless Youth? Could could we have Reckless Youth just show up for the final? Does Reckless Youth still wrestle? He's definitely not Reckless Youth anymore. He's definitely Reckless Old Man. Reckless, <laughs> reckless Old Gentleman. Um, but I'm just looking at the original guys. The Briscoes were in it, so they're at least presumably available. Um is also, in- some other guys who didn't. Uh, D- Dave Greco, the insane dragon, not so much around anymore. Is this at the showboat? No, this is in um, at the White Eagle Hall in Jersey City, which was where um, it's where they did the collective in 2019. Oh, okay. That, yeah, yeah. That would have been where I want to say Jimmy Lloyd got stabbed in the throat with the scissors. Okay. Maybe. Who knows? All right. So many stabbings. So it's it's hard to keep track of everything. But either way, uh, thanks everybody for listening. When the pretty soon that KOBK show should be up on IWTV, give that a watch. Uh, follow all those guys. That was fun as hell. I will be back absolutely. But uh, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram, at Gartet on Instagram. I'm at Chris Miggs on Instagram. And Fax is at Jimmy Lloyd's IMDb page. That's too much fun for me to say every single time. So I'm it's gonna, so good. It's so good. It's, it's, it's too good and it means nothing. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening and hit our goddamn music.